Alright, this is Dr. Bob and Clutch. I'm Clutch. I'm Dr. Bob. Got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We do, just like every week. Uh, got a real big announcement to make. You want to go and do it? Yeah. Uh, for all you podcast listeners out there, this is a, it's a difficult decision for me to make. Um, but I'd like to announce that this fall, I will be taking my talents to South Beach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on. Um... Uh, in, in seriousness, we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, we do. Uh, World Cup ended Sunday. It did. Uh, we'll give a we'll give a quick rundown of that. Some highlights of the tournament, stuff like that. Uh, following that, we're gonna do the running bet. There's a lot of news surrounding the running bet this week, so we'll get to that when we get to that. There is, and then um, I think the the overall the the biggest news of the week is NBA free agency. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about that. Um, we uh, we're recording this on a on a Tuesday, Tuesday night yep. at Highland Studios. Uh, we do not have a guest podcast, so we decided to hold off. I think the beginning of the week, maybe when we we start recording this on the reg, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit easier for Clutch and I to do that. Then, so we're gonna do that. But World Cup, España, they won. They did take it down. Um, we'll get to that in, in a second. First off, I would like to discuss the World Cup as a whole. Okay. I've watched the past three World Cups, 2002 in Korea, Japan, 2006 in Germany, and 2010 in South Africa. Overall, I don't... I thought it was a great great World Cup. Especially given the circumstances in Africa. It's the first one in Africa. Stuff like that. I, I felt like from from everything that I read, from everything that I saw, they, they pulled it off better than I thought they would be able yeah. to. I couldn't agree more. Um, especially in the run-up to it, six months ago, they didn't know if it was actually going to happen or not. Like, realistically. And there's a lot of, also, uh, some other underlying issues. Agreed. Um, but, as far as the football played, I don't think it was it was as good as 2002 or 2006. Especially for the neutral. The goals, the amount of goals that were scored and the quality of goals that were scored... Uh, didn't necessarily stack up, but what do you attribute that to? Um, honestly, I attribute it to tactics. Coaches have gotten smarter. Players have gotten smarter. Um, especially in 2002, it was a really open game. Saw a lot of goals. Even in 2006, 2006 was held back a little bit uh, with the quality of refereeing. That's probably the worst. I mean, you podcasters might not. Um, might not understand this, but the refereeing in 2006 was actually worse than in 2010. Uh, it, it seems difficult to to grasp. To grasp. I think uh, the fact that we're kind of in a new age of of media, in a new age of uh, we have blogs, we have instant instant reactions from people. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit easier to uh, harp on the refs to say it's a horrible call and to get a little bit of more of an instant reaction on that. Definitely, definitely, but. The quality of football wasn't great, but looking at it from a tactical standpoint, it was decent. It mimicked a lot of the recent Champions League campaigns that have gone down. Okay. Just, especially in big games, teams going at it, you're not going to see more than two or three goals at best. But I enjoy that. That's, you know, that's my jam. Anyway, let's, um, break down the, the Spain Netherlands final. Okay, um, I, did not get to watch the match. So you were traveling. You were in transit, yeah. 
Um, you watched it at Sloss Furnace? I did. A uh, big turnout there. It was somewhere around 800 people there. Uh, good atmosphere. A lot of drunks. Um, That's what we like to see on yeah. the podcast. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not my favorite place to watch a game. My favorite place to watch a game is here at Highland Studios by myself, so I can really take it in. But it's a walk-up final. I'll, I'll step out in the, in the sunlight every you know every now and then. But anyway, Spain came into the game as the obvious favorites, I believe, just because of the the type of football they play. Netherlands was a slight underdog, but everybody knew the Netherlands were going to alter that game plan to try to stifle Spanish. Clearly, did not work. It worked for a hundred and sixteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, it so. worked for a while. Yeah, but I mean, when, watching when, the game, watching the game, this is me personally. I always had the feeling deep down, Spain was going to break through. Well, when you lose the game in the hundred sixteenth minute, you weren't playing horrible. I, I mean, I agree. I agree. Uh, and Netherlands had their chances. Arjen Robin had two breakaways. Couldn't finish. Could not finish. Um... But the main thing I want to pinpoint on that game is the refereeing. Howard Webb, the best referee in England, arguably in the world, got the uh, the honor of refereeing the World Cup final. And online, was it was it deserved? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, a lot of people online and a lot of pundits and stuff are giving him a hard time because he gave out a record 14 yellow cards in a World Cup final and stuff like that. But I mean. To be honest, both those teams, Spain and the Netherlands, chock full of cheats. The only other two teams in the tournament that I can even think of that come close to them in an amount of cheaters and connivers and swindlers and stuff on their team are Brazil and Italy. And both those teams got knocked out earlier. So I thought Howard Webb did an exceptional job in refereeing the game. Uh, He asserted his control early. Gave out some early yellow cards, which, again, I think were merited. Uh, they were really bad challenges. The Netherlands players and coaches have said that he did a poor game, poor job refereeing the game. But, um, again, I mean, he could have sent off. He sent off one Dutch player. He could have sent off four Dutch players. Well, one criticism that I heard I heard about him, and uh, I... I I mean, I don't know exactly. I didn't watch the match, obviously. Um, was that he gave out so many yellow cards early that he was tentative in giving another one to some players that may have deserved it. That's that's a decent point to make, but having watched the amount of soccer I've watched, and in particular that game, I don't think that was the case. Okay. I honestly think he gave out the yellow cards that needed to be given out, and then he gave out the red card that needed to be given out. He made, for me, yeah, he did make mistakes, and referees are always going to make mistakes, but I don't think anybody could have done a better job in that game. That was a really difficult game to referee. I've refereed games before, and it's a lot harder job than people think it is, and I think he did an exceptional job. Yeah, uh, one thing I will say is, uh, I mean, especially Americans, we tend to criticize the referees, the umpires, whoever it is that's calling a game, Yeah. but uh, most sports are not easy. Easy no, to call, and, and also, not. I mean, people make mistakes. Yeah, you know, I, just because you make a bad call doesn't mean that you hate the other team. It, it might mean that you didn't see something that, that, granted, maybe you should have seen, but you didn't see. Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, you, but you make you make a decision in a split second, and sometimes that decision is not the best one. Yeah. Uh, 
But back to the football that was played. Holistically, I don't think an argument can be made that Spain didn't deserve to win the World Cup. Over the past four years, by and large, they've been the best team in the world. And I, again, when it comes to tournament atmosphere, that doesn't necessarily mean you should win the tournament. But I think, given the circumstances, they were the best team. Well, our men's national team did beat them in the Confederations Cup. That's true, but in the past four years, I think that's only the that's one of three games they've lost. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm making your point for you that as tournament play, yeah, shit goes down. Yeah, agreed. Um, anyway, moving on, just to highlight. A couple of parts of the tournament. Um, Diego Forlan won the Golden Ball as the best player of the tournament, which I completely agree with. I'm glad that FIFA didn't give the award to somebody that was in the final. The only player that could possibly have deserved the award in the final was probably David Villa, because he, at times, did carry that Spanish team. But Diego Forlan was the best player in the tournament. All right, well, question here. Um, I managed to watch a pretty good bit of the third-place game. Okay. Um... Forlan looked like he was hurt to me. Yeah, he actually said before the game, or he actually said after that game that for the semifinal and third place game he was carrying an injury. Yeah, he had, he had a free kick uh, relatively late in the match that he didn't take, mm-hmm. which I thought was yeah, um, at least indicative of the fact that he well, had an injury. Yeah, it's it, not only that, but it's third place game. I mean, yeah, you want to win third place, but the game essentially doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. All right, I would like to get your take on having a third place game. Um, and from my from my perspective, if you don't, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't really necessarily understand the thir- the point of a third point game. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a good business decision. Do you have any thoughts on it? That's essentially my only thought. Is it's a good business decision, make more money, stuff like that. Um, for the players, I know. It can't be that big of a draw. Yeah. I mean, who wants, you know, you just lost right. out one game away from the World Cup final. Who wants to play in another game? Right. I completely, I mean, because if you don't win, does, I mean, does it matter? I will, I will say this. The third place game has traditionally been the best game of any tournament. Because the teams are just out there, you know, they're just out there to have fun, try to, you know, try to put on a good show. Well, I mean, personally, if I'm out there, I'm playing to win. Yeah. But do I want to play to win third place? I don't really know. Yeah. Well, here's another thing. If you win the third place game, you get a medal. If you come in fourth place and if you lose that third place game, you do not get a medal. So that could be an incentive. Yeah. That's, well, something, you, that's something you can hang up in your trophy case and show your grandkids. Well, in the in the, the words of Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got to play it, you're playing to win, but do you really want to have to play that game? Yeah. I don't, I don't know who would answer that. Anyway, so Thomas Mueller won the Golden Boot as the top scorer. He actually tied with David Villa and Diego Forlan, but he won it on the tiebreaker of assists. Uh, Thomas Mueller also won Young Player of the Tournament, and Iker Casillas won Best Goalkeeper of the Tournament. Well, one award I want to give out is the last thing to do with this World Cup, because honestly, I'm pretty much over it. It takes too much a toll on my heart. I've got too much invested in the United States national team. But one award I do want to give out is Best Newcomer. The argument can be made that it's the same thing as as Young Player. But, I mean, a newcomer could be a 26-year-old. Who know? was it? It was Mesut Ozil for Germany of Turkish descent. Phenomenal. 
left-footed player, honestly, on the ball, reminded me of Leo Messi. Really? Yeah. I mean, just distributing balls, lightning-fast pace. He had everything, man. He's 21 years old. In the uh, Mueller's 20. Correct? Mueller's 20. Ozil's 21. Germany has a real bright future. It kind of scares me a little bit, to be honest. But um, I don't like the Germans. No, uh, I don't have a problem with them. I mean, there's the whole, there's teams I, I like less than the Germans. Well, there's the whole World War Two thing yeah. for me. That's, yeah, that was you know that was 60 years ago. Whatever, we're over it. But well, we've had humans for a while. Six I mean, years isn't that long. I mean, that's true. I agree. But me and you have only been alive for 21 years, so... 22. 22. You're Speak right. for yourself. You're right. I'm 22 now. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but... Hey, Clutch had a birthday last week. This is, yeah. Happy birthday, Clutch. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is the last thing I want to say on soccer, is the Premiership season's coming up. I'm a huge Manchester United fan. If there's one player I want Manchester United to sign between now and mid-August, it is Mesut Ozil. No question about it, because that's the one glaring gap in our team, is that center-attacking midfielder spot. Won't lose it. Well, I hope they don't sign him. Reason being, I have to. I think I need to pick a, a Premier League team at this point. You definitely do. Um, I, don't, I haven't decided who I'm going to pick. I'm going to do my research. Podcast listeners, if you have any suggestions or comments on who I should pick, let me know uh, via the blog. DrBobandClutch.blogspot.com But I haven't decided, but it's definitely not going to be Manu. Okay. And I hope they, they don't sign him. Okay. Um, just one last point, a suggestion. Bob Bradley's in the running for the Fulham job. I mean, if he gets that Fulham job, that might be your choice. It may be. Because uh, they, they look, do it. Yeah, okay. I've yeah. got options out there. Yeah. I'm going to explore my options. Call me LeBron James, if you will. Okay. But... Fair enough. I'm, I'm making the decision that's best for me. Yeah. You know? Um, Alright, so, speaking of LeBron James, we mentioned, probably on the first podcast, uh, we had a full tab at Speakeasy riding on where he went. Um, I said New York next. And I said Chicago. He went to Miami. So He took his talents to South Beach. Yeah. And that was, a, that was the first bet, probably, that we mentioned on the podcast, but... We also have a running bet, um, and we're recording this on a Tuesday. We didn't anticipate recording this on a Tuesday. Um, the MLB All-Star Game is going on right now. Uh, we, we made a bet on this. This bet was for Pride, um, but, I mean, we don't know, we don't know the, the outcome of that. It really doesn't matter. No, it does you, because you won the running bet. I do. You won it, uh, Fair and square. three weeks to one yeah. at this point. I'm probably going to win this week, let's be honest. Um, so I had a penalty if I lost the running bet. Would you like to tell them what the penalty was? penalty was, Dr. Baba has always said that Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward to ever live. And I disagree with that on many, many counts. We won't get into that right now, but I always said that Carmelone was the greatest power forward to ever live. So his penalty was to give me and all you podcast listeners five reasons as to why Carl Malone is the greatest power forward to ever live. And here we go. Okay, I, I have five solid reasons. Um, these are reasons. I, do, I will, before I begin, say that I do not necessarily agree that this is the case. 
I mean, just for my integrity, I need to say that. But here's five reasons, okay. when and you, that's, that's okay. the end of it. When you lost the bet, you lost your integrity in the situation. Okay, go ahead. All right, look, I'm not going to say anything else about it. Here's the five reasons Carl Malone is the best power forward to ever play the game of basketball. He was a two-time most valuable player of the NBA. He is second in the NBA in career points scored behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 36,928 points, which, which is a lot of points. Which I think speaks volumes. Granted. Yeah. Uh, he has the most defensive rebounds in NBA history. Also, um, his best statistical year, he scored 27.7 points per game and 12 rebounds per game. It's a lot. It is a lot. And also, he was named to 11 first-team All-NBA. Um, he had 11 first-team All-NBA selections. Uh, he had, I think, two second teams and one first team. So I, I don't know exactly how many years he played. Probably 16, 17? Something like that, yeah. But he had 14... All NBA selections, so which is solid. So, those five reasons do show that Carmelo Malone was the best power forward to ever play professional basketball. Professional basketball. There's that. All right. So, I, I mean, go ahead. That hurts. Yeah. I mean, it's it's supposed to. Uh, you better continue. All right. So moving on, uh, we're gonna start a new running bet this week. It's gonna be a best of, uh, best of three. Best of no no, no best of five. First to three. Yeah. Best of five. First to three. Um, the new wagers. It's gonna be along the same lines of us having to proclaim why somebody is the greatest or stuff like that. Uh, Dr. Bob's penalty, if he were to lose, will Which be... Which I will not. Okay. Well, and that hurt me too much to have to do that again. Remain, remain. I, literally, I literally bowed my head right there. You podcast yeah. listeners didn't see it. It took a, it took something out of me. I needed to regroup for a second. It's, back. uh... Yeah, it's remained to be seen, but... Okay, we'll see. Um, if Dr. Bob loses, he will have to tell me... Is it five reasons? Yeah, let's just say five. Okay. Five reasons why the Portland Trailblazers, my my favorite, probably my favorite professional team out there, definitely my my yeah my my favorite professional team out there. Five reasons why the Portland Trailblazers will not win an NBA championship in the foreseeable future. I'm thinking of a handful right now, but okay. And then my penalty will will be um, clutch is a huge. Uh, Florida Gators fan. Um, Tim Tebow just got drafted. We're about to hit um, some mini camps and some training camps uh, for the NFL season. Um, and his penalty would be five reasons that Tim Tebow will never make it as an NFL quarterback. <laughs> Which I will say this in jest before. I mean, like that. While we're talking about it, I don't think there's five reasons out there. But okay, go ahead. All right, we. Uh, that was that was a that was a low below right there. After I what I I just did what I did. Okay. Um. So what is our bet for this week? Our bet this week involves the British Open at St Andrews, which is coming up this weekend. Um. This British Open is pretty wide open. Let's be honest. It is typically uh, I think the favorite would be Tiger Woods. Yes. It's at St Andrews. He's won there multiple times. It's uh, the course that he really likes. Uh, it's, uh, St Andrews is the home of golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Um, but uh, obviously Tiger Woods has had his issues. Um, he's not playing the best best golf of his career. So so what we're thinking is, and what we're gonna do is, I've got five guys that I'm I'm picking from, and I think one of these five guys is gonna win, and Clutch is taking the field. Yep. And so um, if one of these five guys doesn't win, then Clutch wins wins the week. Um, my five guys that I'm taking are no no particular order. I just you know five guys. Tiger Woods. I'll take lefty Phil Mickelson. I will take Justin Rose. Um, he's won recently. Yeah, uh, he had a win at the Memorial. He won at the tra- he, he came at ninth at the Travelers. Um, I think he's got a real shot. I'll take Ernie Els. He's won twice this year. And I'll take Padraig Harrington, who uh, he's won the British twice. Yep. And so he knows what he's doing out there. And I'm gonna take I'm gonna take those five guys, and you can have the field. I will uh, I will take the field, and I'll tell you who who my ace in the hole is. UAB alum, Graham McDowell. Nah, man, I don't see it. He's hot as hell right now, man. I don't know. I mean, look, we both love Graham McDowell. Yeah. It's one thing to win one major. It's another thing to win multiple majors. That puts you in a tier, a, a totally different tier with the rest of the rest of your peers. And I don't know if he's ready if to make he, I will say this. If he wins this one, nobody will second-guess him again. It's true, but I'm second-guessing him right now. All right, we'll see. We'll see. All right, anyway, moving on to the to the big, the big hitter of the week. It is the big hitter of the week. NBA free agency. Yes. Um... I, I don't I don't know that we gotta tell the podcast listeners what's up, but LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade will all now be playing for the Miami Heat. They did all take their talents down to South Beach. I mean that's that's what we'll focus on. There's been a lot of other signings, a lot of other trades out there, um, a lot a lot of moving parts. Um, the league will definitely look different next year. We'll have different teams in contention. Um, it's a big summer for the NBA, uh, but. I, I don't think that we could begin a free agency discussion without discussing the, discussing the Miami Heat. Um, there's a few, there's, alright, there's a myriad of things I like to say about it. I, I watched it on Thursday night, um, from the hotel room. Uh, you watched it as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I watched it, there's a lot of things that were going on in my head. One was, I was excited. Um, just because I, I think I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to root for this team or if I'm going to hate this team. I don't think I can. I can be on either side. Of, I in the middle of that, I've got to pick one side. Um, but I haven't decided yet. But I was. Ex- I'm. I'm ready to see what happens. I'm ready to see how they'll play together. If they can share the ball. Um, what what they surround themselves with. Those types of things. But before we before we talk about whether it'll work out or not. Um, I'd like to talk about the fact that, or maybe it's not a fact, but it's definitely my opinion. This was a cons- a conspiracy, if you will. I definitely think so. I think that uh, I won't say that two years ago LeBron, Wade, and Bosh decided to play together, but I think uh, with a week going into free agency, they absolutely knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Um. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. One, one reason I believe so is because they talked about it. They met before free agency began. 
before the NBA draft, and they discussed it. Okay? Um, Pat Riley absolutely gutted their team. Gutted it. Even off free agency. You don't... I don't... As a as a person who is in the NBA business, who is trying to make a good team, you don't just gut your team for no reason. Yeah. Um, you don't gut it if you don't know what you're what's, getting in yeah, return. Yeah, what's going to happen. Um... Bosch and Wade have the same agent. Um, I know that there was rumors floating around that Wade was gonna go to Chicago, which I don't buy at all. I think that I think that this was planned, and I think that Wade floated those rumors so that people wouldn't know exactly what was gonna happen. Cause the thing that you gotta understand is Chris Bosch was going to these meetings with a documentary crew. Yeah. They're filming it, so we don't know what they're going to do with it. We don't know if it's going to be a reality show. We don't know what's, what the end result is going to be. But they needed to structure some type of drama. Yeah, I mean, he came in He came into the meetings with boom mics. Yeah. And it, a lot of teams questioned it. They said, I don't know how serious these guys are about winning, but this is a reality situation. And if you know what's going to happen, you have to somehow structure some type of drama. I mean, look at reality television. That's, that's what it is. It's structured drama. Yeah. And that's what we saw. Um, LeBron, it came out, the rumors circulated, which I don't, I don't doubt at all that somebody, somebody in these, one of their camps leaked it, that, um, he was recruiting Bosch to, to Cleveland. He was recruiting Cleveland, wanted to play in Cleveland so LeBron could stay in Cleveland, but it came out after LeBron made his decision that LeBron hadn't even been talking to Cleveland, hadn't returned text messages or phone calls since the end of the season. I mean, so why, if he's not even talking to Cleveland, how is he recruiting somebody else to come there? Yeah, Bosch and Wade were in those meetings together. They talked. They knew what was going on. Um, nobody talked to LeBron, but Bosch and Wade said that they talked to him during this whole process. He wasn't talking to anybody else. Um, and then they came out, Bosch and Wade did, on a, a Sports Center special, announced their decision. Um, they said they didn't know their salaries. They said they didn't know what LeBron would do. Like, I, I don't buy that. Like, how do you, how do you say you're gonna sign the team? You come out and announce that you haven't even signed your salaries yet. They were just waiting for LeBron to get there so that they could, I mean, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, right after LeBron said he was coming, like, the next day it came out what their salaries are gonna be. Uh-huh. You can't tell me that hadn't already been discussed. This is hundreds of millions of dollars for each player. These things don't just happen right away. Like, th- there's, there's no way. I just I just don't believe it. I think they floated the rumors. I don't think there's any way it came together so quickly without it already being planned out. And and look at stuff like what Chris Bosch was saying. He says he was talking about how they've been talking about it for a while. They they knew this might happen for weeks and he said just today. And and at the very at the very least, LeBron in the decision, especially on ESPN said he finally made up his mind that morning. You do not call a one-hour presentation with ESPN and sell sponsorship and all, all these other things without knowing what your decision is before you do it. Yeah. I just, there's no, there's no way that you do that. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that this was not a conspiracy. That this was not planned out. That Pat Riley didn't know it was going down. And maybe these three guys and their two agents and maybe three or four other people knew about it and that was it. And they kept it tight. Tight lip, which was more power to them, but I mean, I don't believe for a second that they didn't know this was gonna happen. I agree. Um, yeah, it was definitely premeditated. 
But I encourage it. I would like to see more professional athletes do stuff like that. All right, do stuff like what? Get together when they know they're all going to be free agents and say, hey, we're in it, win it. Let's all build a super team. Well, I mean, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, well, not yeah. only that, but it also like promotes a certain amount of in-league camaraderie. Well, and and that's my next point. I don't, I don't think that LeBron made the the wrong decision at all. I think, I think he was he's a kid. He's twenty five. He's not much older than us. He had an option of staying in Cleveland, Ohio, or moving to South Beach. He's making plenty of money. Um, he's playing with his friends. And if he wins championships, he's making all that money that he's giving up back. Yeah. He signed uh, official numbers, or not the official numbers, the reported numbers are Braun and Bosh signed for $110 million, which is $15 million less than they could have made. And Wade signed for even less than that at $107.5 million. But they'll make that money back. Yeah. Florida doesn't have an income tax. Um, and I think, I think some of the numbers floating around are that... Um, they can make, uh, at, if it was a five-year contract, they sign a five-year contract with their respective teams, their previous respective teams. They would actually make more money if they sign with Miami because there's no income tax. Yeah. So, I mean, I, the idea that they're taking all this less money to win, I think it's a little bit overblown. But I mean, why would you not do that? You can go to Miami. You can play with your friends. You know, I... I think I think the the concept of living in Miami versus living in New York or living in L.A. Uh, I think that's something you need to look at, especially with LeBron. I mean, LeBron's a superstar. Everybody, uh, people know him throughout the world at this point. Um, there's paparazzi. There's people that there, there's there's media that are always trying to get at you. And I think in Miami you can have that global scene. You can have the international city without having some of those some of those pressures. Yeah, definitely. Um. How did you feel about the the one hour special? The his decision to to go about it in that way. Um, not particularly a fan. Um, but given my age, I'm I'm 22. I'm relatively old school. Uh, if it were me, I wouldn't have done it that way. I can understand why I did it that way. And things like that, but just, I mean, it, for me, it does nothing but good for the league. You know, it's publicity, it's, it's essentially mostly good publicity, but, I mean, I watched it. Yeah, I did too. Um, Man, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think there, I don't have a problem with it. I think there were better ways to make that decision to make it public. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think it was a horrible way to go about doing it. And I think I think what it comes down to is he's a 25-year-old. By by all accounts, you look at what the executive said coming out of meetings with him. Essentially, he's a kid cracking up with his friends. Yeah. You know? And his friends are his management team. You know? And, and they're the ones. And there's nobody in LeBron's circle. There's nobody in LeBron's camp that will walk up to LeBron and say, Hey, bro. 
you know, I don't know if this is the best way to handle it. If he wants to do something, I don't think there's anybody there that's going to tell him, hey, I don't think this is a good idea. Now, I don't think, I don't think it was mean-spirited. I don't think he, he purposely, you know, stuck a back in the Cavaliers fans. But that's what he did, essentially. And I think somebody needs to step in and say, hey, this is not a good idea. And I'll, let me say this first. LeBron's handlers, his people in his inner circle and stuff like that, are top-notch. Maybe, I, maybe the best. Bro, I disagree. They're his friends, man. Okay, like, I, understand, some point, I understand that. But LeBron has never been in the, in the media for something bad. And I don't think that's necessarily just because of LeBron. I think that's because of his handlers. And I do think that if they legitimately thought it was a terrible idea... Somebody would have told him. I think I they've told think him. So. I think they've told him before, like, "Hey, this is a bad idea. That's a bad idea, or whatever." I mean, what's the absolute worst that could have come of the decision? Probably what happened, and it's not that bad. Cleveland fans burning his jerseys in the street. I mean, but like more so than that. Even if he would have, even if he would have not made a decision, like not done the decision, and just done some AP press report where somebody in his, in his crew said. Okay, LeBron's going to Miami. People in Cleveland still would have burned LeBron jerseys. I, I'm not saying they wouldn't. I will say that like the the hostility there wouldn't be there. Like I it is. think it would be. Let's say right now it's at a ten. It would be a nine and a half either I way. I completely disagree. I just I think that the way like it just seemed very narcissistic, man. Like that word's been thrown around a bunch about it. Like I, I'm not trying to trying to copy what somebody else is saying, but it just it seems like a guy who who has lost touch with a little bit of reality. I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but if he does come out with just some little press report saying LeBron's going to Miami, how many Cleveland fans are going to go, honestly going to go, okay, I mean, okay, LeBron, you gave us six, seven good years, whatever. Go go play in Miami. They're all going to be pissed. They're going to they're gonna be upset. I don't know how pissed they are, though. They're pissed. Either way. But look at the people that have left Cleveland. Manny Ramirez has left Cleveland. Jim Tomey left Cleveland. It's completely different. It's different, but it's not completely different. It's completely different. And, like, all right, so here's my thing. All right, I don't don't have an issue against it morally or something. You know, I don't think it was, like, the wrong thing to do. He didn't owe Cleveland anything. He played basketball there for seven years. He's a free agent. He can go play wherever he wants to play. I don't think he owed Cleveland anything. And even, like, the, the... the concept of having this one-hour special, you know, that's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. Like, like, maybe I don't think it's the best thing to do, but I'm not trying to put my morals on somebody else or whatever. You know, like, I just that's not the way I want to live my life. You know, if that's what he wants to do, he can do it. I think it was a bad decision business-wise. I think he thought it would be a good decision. Obviously, it got great ratings. Great ratings. It was the highest-rated television show this year uh, third highest rated television show this year it drew like over 9 million people alright it was a a lot of people watched it but do a lot of people dislike LeBron because of this they do yeah but I mean what does what does that necessarily have to do with the business aspect of it well what it has to do with it is those people that don't like him are they going out and buying their jerseys would they be buying his jerseys anyway though I don't know, man. Maybe. I don't think. Nobody from Cleveland's going to buy a Miami jersey anyway. But I'm not talking and about I, Cleveland I know, people. Outside of, outside of Cleveland, 
I don't know that I don't know how many people that would have bought jerseys anyway dislike him enough to not buy a jersey. I'm just saying I think it I think that where he was beloved in many places, not just Cleveland, he is now hated. I don't think so. I I think he is. I think that's solely almost exclusively in Cleveland and then elsewhere most everybody's indifferent. I love Lee. I think I dislike the guy now. I don't have a problem with him. I especially um, like his handlers. That's <laughs> bullshit. Um, seriously, man, they're like high school friends. I, I mean, I understand that, but if I'm making a decision, I'm bringing you along, and I know you'd be able to shoot me straight. Those guys shoot him straight. There's no doubt about it. I'm not an average guy, Clutch. I understand that. <laughs> I'm just I mean, um, Dan Gilbert, classless. Nothing, nothing short of classless. Um. Could have gone about it in a number of ways. Went about it in just about the worst way you could have gone about it. Um, just everything he said was completely and utterly... Well, first of all, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he said that the Cavaliers were going to win a championship. He guaranteed the Cavaliers fans before LeBron and Wade I mean, and Bosch won Yeah, I mean, if they're going to win a championship, they're going to have to win it this year. <laughs> Possibly so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it was ridiculous. I think it was immature. I think he very well may have been drunk. And I think that where he should have pressed the delete button, because I'm sure that's what he was thinking, he pressed the send button. Well, yeah. but I'll say this. I liked it. I did not. And I will I will also say this. Dan Gilbert's handlers are not as good as LeBron handlers. Dan Gilbert doesn't have handlers. He's got handlers. I mean, he, he's got people. Yeah. But... Because of all the money he's got, he's he's number the, numero he's, uno. The software editor for the Cleveland Cavaliers should have just not put it up. Could have made the <laughs> could have made the ultimate decision. All right, I grant you Let, that. Let's don't let's, do this. Yeah, he also would have gotten fired. Wow, but um, I like it just because. All right, George Steinbrenner died today. Yeah. Or um, yeah. I mean, our our best wishes go out to the Steinbrenner family. Absolutely. Sure. But I kind of like the fact that. He he wasn't shy. He said what he wanted to say. Like I I didn't want to sit around the next day and wonder what I would have been wondering. What is Dan Gilbert thinking? I'll tell you what I knew it. And 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 whether you respect it or not, whether it was a bad decision or not, I enjoyed reading it. Okay, well let's think about it this way. Dan Gilbert just guaranteed that the Cavs were going to win a championship before the Heat do. How does he go about rebuilding that team now when everybody on the on uh, planet Earth knows he's a maniac? Look. I'm not saying it's stupid. Yeah. I'm just saying I enjoy it. I do not enjoy it. I, the one thing that I will I give I don't him, enjoy watching people make asses of themselves. All right. And I, I mean, I find it high comedy, and I, I appreciate it. And one thing I will say in his favor, and I do not think this is a calculated uh, reason for, for saying what he said or writing what he said, whatever. I do think it endears him a little bit to Cavaliers fans. Yeah, but, I mean, how, how many Cavaliers fans are there? Well, there's people. Somebody's got to come to the game now. Somebody's got to come watch him play if he's going to make any money. I mean, somebody does, but are you really going? to I mean, I'm not saying it's calculated. I, I will say that for 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 what he said. All right, so I mean, I think LeBron had every right to say. To, I mean, to, to make the decision that he made. I do think that it calls into question his. Um, 
I don't want to say competitive nature, but maybe it's fieriness. I think it answered the question of, is he going to be Jordan? Is he even going to be Kobe? I think the answer to that is no. Can he be Magic? Yeah, sure. But he's not going to be Jordan. He's not going to be Kobe. I mean, I don't think... Like, I just don't think there's any question about it. I think he chose friends. He chose money. He chose doing whatever he wanted to do over just kicking these other guys' asses. Yeah. And, um... That's not a bad thing. I'm not hating on him for it. But I think it does show us something about who LeBron James is. Again, I've got essentially... I mean, I don't necessarily agree with doing the decision and all that other kind of stuff. But I've got no problem with it. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, what would you do? Like, that's my thing. You know, I say, say you and I are two of the best basketball players in the world. And Saliba, for example, is is also there with us, you know? Yeah. If we can form a team, we can all play together in one of the, the sickest cities in America and dominate the NBA basketball for considerably the next five years, I mean, I'd do it. Yeah, I mean, I would too. I would definitely go about it differently. Yeah, I would too, but that's the ultimate decision that I come to. I, what I'm trying to say is the ultimate ass in this situation is not LeBron. It is Dan Gilbert. I think they share that role. I do not. For me, LeBron owes Cleveland nothing. I don't think he does either. They drafted him out of high school. Essentially, at the beginning, he had... I mean, he had a choice, but he had essentially no choice but to play there. And the argument can be made that, yeah, like three, four years ago, LeBron had his mind made up that, yeah, in 2010, he was going somewhere else. Cleveland could have done a better job. They could have. I'm not Dan saying... Gilbert could have gutted that squad three years ago right. and just got some sick players. I'm not, but that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he should have left. I'm saying I would have left, and I'm fine with him leaving. What I'm saying is I think he did it in a bad way. He didn't do it in as bad a way as Dan Gilbert did. Dan Gilbert know. was wrong on almost all accounts. Dan Gilbert... Could have gotten better players. Could have done way better. Classless response. All right, here's my thing. I think LeBron hurt his image with what he did. I think in Cleveland, Dan Gilbert helped his image. And that's all that matters to the people of Cleveland and other players in the league. But if you're giving them money most of the time, it doesn't matter whether they like the owner or not. I don't know, man. I just... And just as a fan, whether I liked it or not, which, I mean, I didn't. I think it was classless. I agree with you. I enjoyed reading it. You know? Yeah. Um, do you think it works? Are they the favorites to win the championship next year? Um, they're definitely the favorites to win the East. The Lakers are still strong. People forget that. The Lakers are still strong. And yeah. They're going, for, they're going for a three-feet. And in my opinion, I mean, Bryant's as good as Wade. Gasol's better than Bosch. And obviously, LeBron's the best player in the world. But, I mean, sometimes, potentially, other other players, other role players, Ron Artest, Derek Fisher, Lamar Odom, can make up for, for that. And I don't know who they're going to sign with them. I mean, we we kind of have an idea at this point. And I, I think it's enough. Honestly, I do. Yeah, I, I mean, but, okay, they've signed, or they haven't signed, 
yet, but they're getting, supposedly, um, Mike Miller. Mike Miller, Udonis Haslam, and Big Z. Yeah, that, that might be enough. I think it probably is. Yeah, I'll, They probably need to fill out the, the point guard role just a hair more, you know? Yeah, and, but, look, look, there's five players on the floor in an NBA game. Yeah. They have three of the best five in the, I mean, three of the best, the best players in the world. They will have the best three without doubt on the court at any time. Yeah. Um, now, you gotta factor in injuries, you know, and, and there's other things you can factor in, but conceivably, at all times, they could have Wade or LeBron at the court. Yeah. On the court. The one question I have about it is, um, look at U.S. World Championship and Olympic teams. I don't think there's any question that anytime the U.S. fills a team, we have the most talent on the floor. But if you look at the World Championships in 2002, the Olympics in 2004, the World Championships in 2006, we came in sixth, third, and third in those three those three tournaments. I mean, you can't tell me it's that a, there was. There was any team out there that was more talented than us. It's it valid, takes more than talent. Yeah, I mean, it's a valid point, but in 2002, that was that was a lull in American talent. All right, but even if it was, it's still the most talented roster in, out there. I I can't say I can't say that. For I can I can. I don't think there's any question. And even in 2008, Spain took us took us to our limits. And it took somebody, that being Kobe Bean Bryant, stepping up and saying, all right, I'm going to take over. And who takes over on this team? Is it Wade? Is it LeBron? Is it whoever's feeling it? What happens when one of them wants to take over and the other one does it? I mean, I think those are legitimate questions. I'm not saying they're not the favorites. I'm not even saying they're not the favorites to win the championship. I mean, depending on who they get. But what I am saying is I think those are legitimate questions. Yeah, they definitely are. But I think the fact that Spain took us to... This is reverting back a little bit. That Spain took us down to the wire in that 2008 Olympic Championship speaks volume to the global talent that is out there. And it does, but we were still the most talented roster. In 2002? Oh, and not in, t- oh, in 2002 we were. Every year. Every year the United States fills a team with the most talented roster. We might not be that's, the best roster, we're the most talented. I have to say, that's ethnocentric. It's not ethnocentric. We got people is, from every ethnicity. I mean, I understand that, but I'm talking about America in general. To say that unequivocally, no question about it, any year, just an arbitrary year, we're better than everybody else. I'm not saying there's not better teams. I'm telling. I'm saying in terms of talent, we have the best talent. I mean, I can't say that for a fact. I would All like right, to. Next podcast, to. come back with a team that had better talent than we did. The argument could be made 2002. But who was it, though? I mean, I, I don't know. They they beat the hell out of us. We came in what sixth place. Uh, we had we had Paul Pierce. I know Paul Pierce is on that team. Ray Allen, Allen Iverson. Those are some well, of the most talented let guys. Let me in just the say world. this: just because they don't play in the NBA, doesn't mean they're not the best. I agree. It doesn't mean that they don't have talent or that they don't have more talent than other NBA players. What I'm saying is, we had the best talent. We had the most talent. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that. All right. Well. Come back, come back to me with a team that has better talent. Any of these competitions. How are we judging talent, though? I mean, it's obviously a subjective thing. Yeah. But just because you play in Greece or you play in the NBA, you, you know, you can't necessarily you might judge be a, talent. You might even be a better basketball player, but in terms of talent and ability, 
I'll take the U.S. squad over any team any year. The problem is we I don't will, win. I will too, but I can't say that for a fact. All right. All right. I, I, is that enough? We'll uh, talk about this for like 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I, th- I think so, yeah. I mean, I can keep going on and on. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. Last week we had a contest centered around the 4th of July. Um, Dr. Bob and our guest John... Each competed. Hey, that's there it. was six consecutive podcast Bert from Clint. There it was um, our contest. Our, the contest was to name in sixty seconds, name as many U.S. presidents as possible. Doctor Bob won with what eleven? I don't know. It was a low number. Low Just number. To be honest. Yeah, I think it was eleven. I think John had ten. This week it's my turn. All right. It is, and, and here's a contest I have for you. Okay. Okay, this is the week of the... T- today is the day of the MLB All-Star game. Um, my question for you, and the over-under, I'm going to give you 35 seconds. Okay. It's a little bit different than we normally do. Over-under, I'm going to give you is five and a half, which okay. I feel is extremely generous. When I tell you, you're going to have to start pretty much immediately. I want to know how many Major League Baseball ballparks you can name. 35 seconds, go. Okay, we've got Fenway Park, Tropicana Field, Turner Field, New Yankee Stadium, Safeco. Um, oh, God, what's that new one in Minnesota? You got five. Yeah, you got I know. Any, you one more. Um, I'm 15 com- seconds. I'm completely drawing a blank right now. All right, come on, keep thinking. Oh God! Um, you got Finley. City, City Field in, City in Queens. Field. Boom! All that right, that was six. a generous over under. That's six. Give me one more. Keep going. Um, you got two seconds. God, I know one of those. Wrigley. Um, that's over. All right, you got six, bro. You better. I named, I named Wrigley. No, it was over though. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was like thirty-six. Okay. All right, you got Fenway. You got the Chop down in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You got Turner. New Yankee Stadium, Safeco out in Seattle, and City Field. Which, of my beloved Mets. Yeah, the New York Mets. Um, you didn't get Wrigley in time. I thought for sure you had Wrigley. I hate I hate the Cubs. Um, I think you could have gotten Dodger Stadium. Definitely. And you could have gotten Coors Field. For sure. Could have gotten Bush as well. Yeah, and Bush. I thought you had Bush. Bush is, is right now the flavor of the month, my favorite beer. So there's that. Yeah. Um Camden Yards is within reach. For sure. Um I don't know how much television you've been watching today, but the MLB Oscar game is at Angel Stadium mm-hmm. in Anaheim. I mean like Is that what it's called? Angel Stadium in Anaheim. Yeah, you you could have gotten that one. Yeah. Um I'm looking down my list right here. Some of these others are a little bit difficult. Uh you got Fenway. I'll give you that. I mean What's the new one? The new Twin Stadium. Um, let's see right here. I'm scrolling for it, man. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm struggling right here. Target Field. Target Field. Yeah, Target's Target's headquartered in Minneapolis. Okay. Um, so you got six over unders, five and a half. Generous over over under, but I appreciate it. Yeah, he hadn't won one yet, so yeah. podcast listeners felt like I need to throw him a bomb. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> it's a little jab. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I would have put the over under any higher, honestly. You probably could have gone a point higher, but I don't know how much more than that. Yeah, yeah, one point was the most good yeah. gone. I couldn't have gone under one, one point less, though. Um, Alright, so, so Clutch won. 
What is our uh, bone we're going to throw the podcast list? Well, here is the... uh, The conundrum? The conundrum that we're going to give you guys. We don't... I don't want to say we don't know, because we do know. But what what we want you to do is you can either email me at sethbarham at gmail.com, S-E-T-H-B-Y-R-A-M at gmail.com, or Facebook either of us. Put it on our wall or message us or whatever. Give us your address. And we're going to send you something in the mail. We're not going to tell you what it is. We want it to be a surprise. Yeah, that, it could be a number of things. And and it's a conundrum because you can do that, or you can email us and we'll buy you a drink at Speakeasy yeah. like we normally do. Yeah. So it's up to you. Really, the conundrum's on you, not us. Um, but either or, you'll get something good your way. Be it a drink or something in the mail. In the mail that we will not disclose to you yet. It, it needs to be a secret for the first week. Yeah. Uh, it might be a secret every week because it's going to be something different every week. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things we could do with it. Yeah, and we don't want to we don't want to give away give a, like give away any hints. It will not be a picture of Clutch and I. Um, it will not be an Olin Mills. <laughs> yeah, a glamour maybe, shot. Maybe it will. No, it won't. No, it won't. Well, um, we're, we're just kidding. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, just email me or. Uh, put on our Facebook or anything like that. Just somehow get it to us. Um, the first, the first thing we mail out though, be ready for it. I mean, it could be a collector's item. Yeah, and it definitely. will be class. Yeah, we can't tell you what it's gonna be. It's a secret. It's one of those things. But I mean, it's gonna be class, and you might want to hold on to that for fifty years. I mean, yeah, I mean, who knows? It, it could be worth. I mean, it wouldn't hurt you to hold on to it. Is all we're saying. Sure. <laughs> um. Anyway, so rounding it out, is there any shout outs you wanna give or Um you know, uh Big Poppy won home run contest last night. Not a fan of Big Poppy, but okay. I'm not either. I will say this. Miss Mrs. Stair was there a little bit. It's I like not... watching them big boppers hitting those home runs, man. We we talked about this earlier. Um the steroids era is far from over. And, and I, I fear that we're not even in the thick of it yet. The anabolic steroids era is over, but the, the HGH and whatever, whatever some 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 chemist is coming up with out in San Francisco or Madrid or uh, wherever he is, uh, he's coming up with something, and we're not going to be able to test for it. the The users are ahead of the curve in relation to the testers. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it has declined. Uh, but that do does not. that does not make it mean it won't make a resurgence, and that it's not making a resurgence at this moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I would not uh, like to really delve into the the steroid thing right now because one, I don't have a stomach for it, and two, my heart can't take it right now. Well, if you can get away with it, do it. Disagree. Um, I would personally like to give a shout out to um the entire Miami Heat organization. I thought when the Boston Celtics did their thing with the Big Three, the Boston Three Party, a couple of years ago, that was fantastic. And it obviously paid dividends and that they won a championship and made it to another final. And and they could make it to another. Yeah. It's I mean, conceivable. It's, yeah, it's, conceiv- it's definitely conceivable. Um, the Heat have done a fantastic job in, in orchestrating this whole thing and I think the ultimate hat has to be tipped to Pat Riley. I think he's the one that essentially pulled all the strings. He might not have pulled all the strings, but he's the face they put out there to, to convince the guys to do so. 
And I, I agree with you. Tip the hat to Pat Riley. I think that this is much less a Pat Riley move and more of a Wade Bosch LeBron Maybe decision. So. Maybe so. But, but ultimately, Pat Riley comes out looking pretty strong. Yeah. And ultimately, they're all three of those guys are in South Beach, and the Heat have a very bright future. Yeah. Hey, they're ready to party. I do yeah. the same thing. Same here. Anyway, so that's about all we got for you guys this week. Um, no big finish because we went a little long on the free agency thing. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll definitely come back extremely strong with a big finish next week. But anyway, look, look for us early in the week. Yeah, definitely. In the meantime, email me, Facebook us. You know, try to get on that contest, and uh, we'll get back with you all next week. Yeah, we won't disappoint with whatever we mail you, whoever, whoever's the first one. To Absolutely not. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Holla. Yep.